All right. Uh, we are in part three of a message series called Leading Through. And so we've been talking about ways in which we lead when things feel uncertain. And uh, past couple weeks, I've tried to make this point to you that every single one of us is a leader, uh, whether you're 18 or 81, you're a leader because all a leader is, is a person with influence. Um, and if you have influence over someone, you have leadership that you are responsible for. And if you're a Christian, you'd actually make the point, I'm responsible to God for what I do uh, with my leadership. So whether you're a parent over your kids, whether you're a kid to some degree over your parents, over your group of friends at school, uh, wherever it might be, if you work in an office, if you work, you know, however that works, okay? All of us have influence and all of us have a responsibility to lead in times of uncertainty and to use that influence well. Now, today, um, I kind of have like a good news, bad news sort of proposition for you. Um, so um, when I, like when someone has like a good news, bad news thing, I usually want the bad news first. So I'm gonna give you the bad news first. So like, you know, get your medication ready if you're, you know, need that, or get, you know, I don't know, you know, a strong glass of water at home if you need that, I don't know, whatever it is, okay? Because um, if you bear with me for like four minutes here on the bad news, then we can talk to, about the good news, okay? So here's the bad news, and this is gonna sound really bad and philosophical, but here's the bad news. Our lives are totally uncertain, okay? They are totally uncertain. Um, we sort of know this, but we forget. And then something happens in life that makes us go like, whoa, I am not in control, right? Like, like we, you know, we just prayed for our friend who passed away, right? Like, hit, no one expected this, right? That's part of what makes the grief so challenging is, is it was just so unexpected. It's so uncertain. My wife and I were talking at home last night about something that she learned yesterday that happened to her yesterday. It was like, whoa, like we did not expect that. We did not see that thing coming. And we are kind of talking about that. And all of us have had that experience. You do not have to be very old to kind of come to grips with the fact of like, wow, sometimes life just throws you a curveball that you were not expecting. We discover our lives are totally uncertain, right? We think that we have a lot of agency and then something health-wise happens. Then something, you know, at work happens. Then something financial comes our way or then a pandemic goes on, you know, whatever it is, right? And we discover, wow, things are actually really, really uncertain, right? Another way to frame this, we'll just pile on some more bad news for you here. Another way you can think about this is the only certain thing is uncertainty, right? Like, like uncertainty is the only thing in this world you can go, I am certain about being uncertain, right? Like that, that's how that kind of works. Now, Jesus actually kind of talked about this. So like those of you in the room, those of you at home watching online or wherever you're watching online, um, you might not be like a Bible person, but like I want to give you a verse where you can be like, okay, I'm not a Bible person, except for this one part, right? Because like I think we'll all agree with this. Jesus says, in his last words to his disciples, he says, guys, in, I've told you these things. He's like shared all this information with them. I've told you all these things so that in me you can have peace. And then Jesus says this, in this world, you will have trouble, right? Jesus, that sounds like a lot of uncertainty. Jesus, that sounds like a lot of the unexpected. Jesus, that sounds like some curveballs could come our way. Yep, that's why I'm telling you. In this world, you will have trouble. You can be certain about that. Some of you get a tattoo at home and that on your arm, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's my life verse. I, I will have trouble, right? And then Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world, okay? So Jesus says, you can take it to the bank. 
that in this life, you're going to have times and things and feelings where you're going to be uncertain, where you're not going to know what's going to happen. It's going to feel troublesome. It's going to feel hard. It's going to feel difficult, okay? Now, that's the bad news, okay? So let's just all collectively, like on the count of three, let's, let's just all take a big, deep breath and like, Right, that's good. I told you to take a breath on the count of three, and I never counted to three. Okay, so let's do this. Okay, on the count of three. One, uh, on, online, you got to play two. I want to I want to hear so much breath, I want to be blown over, okay? Uh, okay, so here we go. I saw that, I saw that side eye, Sarah. Thank you. You really need to be here. That's why I like you online better. Anyway, uh, so on the count of three. One, two, three. There you go, breathing out. Oh, do you feel all that uncertainty in the room now? Isn't that great? Yeah, and also carbon dioxide. Isn't that great? So anyway, um, so that's the bad news. Now I want to talk about the good news, okay? The, the good stuff to focus on. So while the only certain thing in life is uncertainty, while you and I can't give certainty, we can give the next best thing, which is clarity, okay? Now, think about this for a second. My guess is... The older you are, the more you're going to agree with this statement I'm going to make or this experience I'm going to share, okay? I don't know about anyone else. When someone comes to me and they promise me something is certain, when they're like trying to sell me on how, what a sure thing this is, what a great idea this is, how it's all going to work out, and I don't need to worry about it because everything's under control, they got it, whatever it is. I don't know about you, for me, that makes me trust that person less, not more. Okay, is anyone with me on that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I've lived long enough to know when someone tells me that something is certain, I immediately start to think, okay, so what didn't they think about? Or, hey, how are they deceiving me right now? You know, like, how are they trying to pull the wool over my eyes in some way, right? Or maybe I just feel like, hey, they've not educated themselves about all the risks involved right now, right? When someone like pro certainty and promising certainty is kind of a rookie mistake when it comes to leadership because none of us can promise it, right? If Jesus couldn't promise it to us, I feel pretty confident saying you can't promise it to us, okay? But here's where the clarity thing comes in. When someone says, hey, you know what? I'm not sure, but here's what I think we should do, right? I'm not sure, but I think what is clear is this. I'm not sure, but here's the clear next step I think we need to take. My trust for that person goes up, not down, right? Because when someone is clear, when someone is clear both about, hey, here's what we don't know, here's what I don't control, here's what I'm not sure we have figured out, but here's what we do know, here's what we can do, here's what I think the right next step in front of us to take is, I go, huh, that person seems to have thought it out. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, can you come and be my boss at work now, Wes? Because that sounds amazing. I would love a boss like that, right? Because who wouldn't want to work for me? I'm such a lovely person. Anyway, no one is laughing. This is really rough. Anyway, so, um, so clarity is the next best thing to certainty, right? Because clarity in, encapsulates in it this kind of concept of, honesty right clarity is honest about what can be done what can't and clarity says hey you know what i don't know everything but i do know this one thing or these couple things and based on that i think we need to go in this direction when we live in uncertain times which is all the time okay to some measure or another the best thing that we can offer the world around us is clarity 
is a pathway forward. And that takes a lot of courage. If you've ever tried to do that, you know that takes some, some cojones, okay? You got, you, got, you got really man up or woman up to be able to do that, okay? And so today, I want to share with you a story about this idea. Um, and it's a story of a guy named Joshua, okay? Joshua, such a great follower of Jesus. Well, I guess not Jesus because he wasn't in the world. He's a follower of God. Uh, Joshua was so great, he has his own book of the Bible. So if you're like, oh, well, I feel pretty good, just ask yourself, how many books of the Bible do I have? And the answer is zero. And Joshua can be like, ah, I've got one. You know, anyway. And then Jesus is probably like, what, four? You know, I don't know, whatever it is. So anyway, um, Joshua is this really important guy in the history of Israel. Now, Joshua had a very difficult task ahead of him because Joshua uh, followed in the footsteps of a very important and famous leader. Does anyone know who the leader is that Joshua followed after? Moses, yeah, that's right, Moses, like, let my people go, Moses was from Alabama in this example, uh, uh, you know, let my people go, and, uh, and a Moses who, like, came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments twice, because he, like, oops, dropped them, you know, that one time, so uh, he came down twice with them, right, and, Mo like, like, that, that, to me, feels like a lot of, uh, some big shoes to fill, right? You know, Moses is kind of a pretty important dude in, in the Christian faith and in, certainly in the Jewish faith. And so Joshua is going to follow behind Moses. Now, I got to imagine if I was Joshua, I'd feel pretty insecure about myself because, I mean, I might be great, but I ain't Moses, right? Like, like, like nowhere in the Bible did it say I talked to God like he was my best friend, right? Like, that, that's a lot, that's big stuff to fill, okay? But Joshua, it wasn't just that he was filling in for a really big-time, important leader. Joshua's job was to help take Israel into the promised land, okay? Joshua's predecessor, Moses, he'd gotten Israel to the promised land, but not into the promised land. And getting into the promised land was going to be a lot harder than just like, you know, oh, yeah, well, we've got to get down payment saved up, and we got to get our house and find the right neighborhood with a great school, you know. The problem with getting into the promised land was there were already people in the promised land, and they kind of wanted to stay in the promised land, right? They weren't really excited about giving it up. And to make matters worse, 40 years earlier, Moses had led the people right up to the border of the promised land, and they were like, wow. This place looks amazing. You know, it'd be great to live here. And then Moses was like, well, do you think we could take it? And they're like, no, we can't do it. And, and, they, and basically, you can read in the Bible, right? Like, God was like, okay, well, if you believe that I can take you out of Egypt but can't put you in this place, we're just going to do a little bit of a circuitous journey for the next 40 years. We're just going to walk around the desert for 40 years until you all die, and then we're going to try this again. Okay, so now we're at the try it again part, all right? Now... So Joshua is not just filling in for something important. He's not just taking over a big responsibility. He's taking over a big responsibility that they tried before and failed miserably at, okay? So it's like, this is like, uh, like not good, right? This is going to be a very challenging leadership exercise for Joshua. But thankfully, Joshua understood some things about leadership and influence that we would be wise to know. And so I want us to look at his story this morning. Now, Joshua, the opening chapter, is basically God giving Joshua a pep talk about what he wants him to do, okay? So the very opening verse of Joshua, here's what we see. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, 
Moses's aid. Okay, so Joshua had spent the last however many years kind of tutoring under Moses, learning from Moses. Okay, and it continues on. Here's what God says. Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, Joshua, that's like, oh, wow, that's a really inspiring start to a speech, God. Thank you so much, right? But I appreciate that about God. God's kind of saying, Joshua, okay, let's get the brass tacks, man. Okay, like, we got to be honest about the situation we're in. Okay, we can't be living in the past. It's time for us to start thinking about the future, okay? Now, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Continuing on. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Um, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river to Euphrates, all the Hittite country, which is the best country. I mean, who doesn't love Hittite country, right? To the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Okay, now here's what I love is God is like so specific, right? He's like, okay, Joshua, here's where you're going to cross into the land. Here's the boundaries of what the land's going to be. Okay, he gives them all these really clear instructions. And he says, Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Um, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Okay, now, let's leave this verse on the screen for a second. This is not a trick question. Why did God have to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because, because Joshua was feeling weak and afraid, right? If you're feeling good about things, I don't need to tell you to feel good about things, right? If you're, like, I don't really have to say, hey, you can do this, right? When you think, I can't do this, right? And God is not just going to tell Joshua, be strong and courageous once. He's going to tell that to Joshua three times in the span of a couple sentences here. Because apparently, either A, Joshua was like really struggling, B, God really wanted him to understand this, or my option, C, both of those were true, right? That Joshua needed this reminder desperately, and God really, really wanted to make sure that Joshua got the point, okay? That, that I want you to be strong and courageous. Now, here's something else really important I want us to think about. Courage is seen in our actions, not in our emotions, okay? Let me explain what I mean by that. I get down on myself a lot of times because I feel like I come up against a challenge and I kind of like shrink on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? I kind of get scared. I feel bad. And I think to myself, well, if only I was a better leader, right? If only I was like that person, if only I was like that pastor or that husband or that whatever it is, right? Then I would be able to do the right, like, but I don't measure up. I, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, whatever the internal dialogue I get, right? And I think, well, I'm just a weak, not courageous person, right? And here's the important thing that leaders understand about courage is that courage is not an emotional word. Courage is an action word. If you ever ask someone, like, if we could bring up, like, Martin Luther King, right? If we could bring up Rosa Parks, if we could bring up you know, some general or something like that, here's what I guarantee you they would say. They would not say, fear, what's that? You know, like they, they wouldn't be like, what is that, right? Like they would understand here. But what makes someone courageous is not, do I feel afraid? It is, when I feel afraid, 
Do I allow that fear to stop me from doing what I know I'm called to do anyway, okay? If you feel afraid, that doesn't mean something is deficient about you. In fact, you probably feel afraid because you understand the situation and you understand your capacity pretty well, right? Following Jesus is going to lead you into situations where you're going to feel afraid because you need a power beyond yours. Great leaders, though, understand my courage is not seen in how I feel. My courage is seen in what I choose to do. Okay, so God keeps going with Joshua. He's kind of trying to talk him up. You know, he's got the, he's got the pet band playing in the background. Okay, and here's what he says. Joshua... Be strong and very courageous. Right now, we're not just strong and courageous. We're very courageous now. You know? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So God now gives Joshua his first actual marching orders here. His first like thing, pardon, his first thing to do. And the first thing to do is, Joshua, I want you to keep your focus fixed on me. Okay? Joshua, I want you to do what I have asked you to do. Now, here's what happens to us. We get in a situation and all of a sudden we start trying to control the outcome, right? We think, oh my gosh. My kid is like failing, at, you know, they're failing fifth grade math. Oh my gosh, they're only like a step away from living a life on the street, you know, or whatever it is I'm worried about, right? Oh my goodness, I'm so worried about this team I got to lead, right? And then what we do, we start to try and control people, and we start to try and control things, and we start to try and control outcomes. And here's a sentence I've never heard someone say. You know what I love about Wes? I love how controlling he is. That's so great. Like that's my favorite quality about him, right? And so we like we kind of start to white knuckle it, right? And that makes us bad leaders. People do not want to be around us, right? People do not listen to us, right? Because we're trying to be controlled. Here's what God is saying to Joshua. Joshua, your job is not to control, right? Nowhere here has got like we're eight verses into this pep talk now. God hasn't said anything about like hey, how are we going to get this enemy group of people out? Oh, I'll tell you about later, you know. Hey, God, how are we going to, like, have enough water and food for the drink? Oh, you'll figure it out, you know. Like, like I haven't said any of the stuff that I feel like is important to know up to this point for, like, how to take over an enemy territory, right? But what God has said is, here, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to figure out what am I say, what do I want you to do, and I just want you to do it. And you let me take care of the rest. You let me own the rest. Joshua, let's get really clear, here's our word here, about something. This is not going to happen because you control it. This is going to happen because you faithfully serve me and you allow me to take this outcome where I want it to go. Okay, now Joshua, I got a little secret for you, buddy. Okay, you aren't going to control this anyway. So you might as well live surrendered in the way that doesn't stress you out all the time. I wonder if God is maybe saying the same thing to us. Maybe to me. And that's not a maybe. That's a certainly. Okay? Next verse. Have I not commanded you? God's voice probably cracked like that too when you said that. <laughs> he says, Have I not commanded you? 
God is going to be so angry at me for the sermon one day. I could feel it. Be strong and courageous. One last time. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And here's what God is reminding Joshua of right here. Okay? The source of our courage for clarity is the presence of God in the midst of our circumstances. Your courage, your ability to be clear in an uncertain situation is because God is present in the midst of your circumstances. Okay, that's exactly where Joshua will derive his courage from. Hey, Joshua, I'm with you no matter what, wherever you are, wherever you go, I am with you. Okay, now, it's easy if you're like me, you think, oh, well, that's a nice promise like once upon a time for Joshua, but less I live in the here and now, okay, I'm not like doing something that's going to be recorded in the Bible, okay, like God probably doesn't care about me as much. Well, not so fast, young man, young lady, whatever, right? Um, I want to share with you, God actually has promised you something way better than what he just promised Joshua. Um, God has promised you his presence in your circumstance, in your situation, no matter what. I want to give you three little reasons here. Okay, one way we can know this is because at Christmas time, every year, I always preach you a sermon. I tell you about the title of Jesus that we all, like, we forget applies the other 11 months of the year, but always applies in Christmas. Does anyone know what the name of God I'm talking about? Francis Emmanuel. Emmanuel, yeah, good job. I don't know how you got it without such a great clue. Uh, anyway, yeah. And so Emmanuel means this phrase right here. It is a title for God. It's a title for Jesus that means God with us. When Jesus came into the world, hey, Jesus, what's your name? God with us. Oh, okay. Do you think God is with me? Oh, I don't know. Look at my name tag. You know, like, come on, shut up, dude. Right? God with us. How can I make it any more clear than that? Right? Jesus, at the end of his ministry, he does this thing called the Great Commission. They're the final words that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew. And we always focus on the commission part because that feels fun and cool and, you know, daring or whatever it is. Okay? But Jesus actually bookends that Great Commission with two really important things he says. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came to them, to his disciples. He's just risen from the dead. They're on this mountain. They're all, Peter's like, John, King, like, what's going on here, dude? I don't know, man. I thought you knew. I don't know. Jesus came and said, guys, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, that sounds, that sounds pretty much like all the authority, Jesus. Yep, that's why I said it that way. All the authority has been given to me. And then he says the words that we, you know, are familiar with, okay? Now, I want you to therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But then Jesus bookends it with another really important statement. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, so surely, like this is certain, and then always... Okay, so like all the time to the end of the age, right? So basically, as long as people are still around, as long as we're still kicking in this world, I'm going to be with you, okay? So just to recap, guys, I've got all the power and authority in earth and in heaven. Okay, that sounds, that sounds adequate, Jesus. Um, and I promise to be with you no matter what, for all time, wherever you go. Okay, I think that sounds like your presence and power with us, all right? But it gets better than that. I'm still not done, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul's writing to a church, and Paul says to this church, 
Do you not know, which is like Bible cue for like, no, we didn't know. That's why Paul had to tell us, okay? Do you not know your bodies are, let's just say this word together. Your bodies are temples. Okay, online, I didn't hear you. Let's say it again. One, one two, three. Temples, right? That's right. Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God, okay? Do you know what a temple is? It's the place where God or the gods hang out. And what Paul says is your physical body, my physical body, it is the house of God. It's the place where God hangs out. God could not possibly get any more present with you than living inside of you. Okay, And what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 6 is if you are a follower of Jesus, you are literally a temple of God. You are the place where heaven and earth meet, where they come together. God's presence is now with you, in you, surrounding you. It, it is here for whatever you need, okay? God's promise to Joshua is not just, hey, Joshua, I'm with you wherever you go. God's promise is also to you and to you and to me and to you. I am with you for all time wherever you go, all right? But of course, that isn't enough for us to know that. Because again, courage isn't how I feel. It's what I do. So God finishes pep talk to Joshua and wipes his hands. And now we read these words. Next words, two words. So Joshua, okay? Now, what comes after these words is going to be really important. Because here's the part where it can go, so Joshua formed a search committee to figure out the best places to go into, you know, wherever. So Joshua, you know, got 29 books at the library on organizational leadership and how to do that. So Joshua was like, well, God, gosh, that sounds really good, but my, my mom said this and my friend said that. Yes, I kind of think I'm going to go with them, you know, like, but thanks for the advice. I'll ask you next time, you know, whatever, right? But Joshua didn't do any of those things. We're told. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. So Joshua, God was clear with him. Now he's going to be clear with these guys. And here's what Joshua says, his orders for him. He says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Okay, so order number one, other people, I need you to go through. I need you to command them. It's time to get, time to get the water and the food because we're going to saddle up and ride, fellas, okay? Three days from now, again, very clear, not, not two days from now, not four days from now, not three weeks from now, three days from now, you will cross the Jordan River here, like right in this spot, right? Again, very clear, very specific. And you're going to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Okay, now, here's what I want you to notice. Notice what Joshua doesn't say. Because here's, here's why I know what happened. Whenever we say something like this, someone probably was like, well, Joshua, like, how are we going to cross the river, man? It's a river. Um, and Joshua said, hey, you know what? I'm not sure. I just know that we need to be here in three days because that's what God told me. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Joshua, like, 
is there going to be food there that we can take? Like, are, are, do I need to wash my clothes now? Because, like, you know, my kid, they're doing this finger painting project. And, like, I, like, how much provisions do we need to pack here? Oh, well, I don't know, but I just know we need enough for the next three days. So you pack it up and let's go. Hey, Joshua, where are we meeting up at? Well, we're meeting up right here, right? Like, like Joshua says, here's what I know. I imagine he's honest about what he doesn't know. He doesn't try to act like he knows what he doesn't know. Because as you keep reading the book of Joshua... Like, God does some really crazy things, okay? Like, one of the things that God does is, like, when they take over this city called Jericho, you know, I would think that the right battle plan was, hey, let's charge into Jericho. God says, here's what we're going to do. I want you to just blow, you know, play some, you know, get, like, your New Orleans street band going, and let's just, like, walk around the city a couple of times. Let's do that for, like, a week, right? And eventually, the walls are going to magically fall down, you know, like, whatever. Like, throughout this book, Joshua is continually shocked at the why and the how of what God is doing. But that's okay, because Joshua's focus is simply on how can I do what God has called me to do. We see him continually over and over and over again. He is clear. He is honest. He is truthful. He is courageous. And he leads in the way God has called him to go. Okay, here's my whole point. In a world that lacks certainty, those who lead through offer the gift of clarity. They are clear about, hey, here is what God has said. Here is what God has promised. So here's what we can do. All right? They are clear on, like, here's what I know. Here's what I don't. But here's what I think we can do in the meantime. People who lead with the gift of clarity, that they understand, hey, you know what? The worst thing I can try to do is act like I have it all together when I don't. The worst thing I can try to do is act like I know everything when I don't. But in, in, the, in the midst of uncertainty, I get to offer a better gift. I can be clear, okay? There is a world outside of these walls that is looking for clarity, is pleading for clarity, right? At your workplace, there's clarity, right? In your family, okay? Honestly, for me, you know, one of the most valuable things, some of the hardest leadership lessons are not leading other people, it's leading myself, right? The hardest leadership challenge I see every day is the one that stares back at me in the mirror, you know, when I wake up in the morning, all right? And I think for us, one of the most valuable things we can do when we feel anxious, when we feel afraid, when we feel uncertain, is we can just kind of stop and start talking to ourselves and say, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm anxious about. Here's what I know. Here's what I think I need to do, right? I get clear. And a really crazy thing happens when we become clear is all of a sudden we see the pathway open for change. We see the pathway open to new possibility. In a world that is so uncertain and causes us to be riddled with so much anxiety, we have the presence of God with us. We have courage that comes from that fact. And we have the ability to be honest and to be clear. And my encouragement is for us to do that beginning right now.